Alright, let's get right on into it. My name is Melissa, and I have no idea how to cosplay. Alright guys, hey, what's up? Uh, these episodes are coming out monthly, but I'm pretty sure I don't have any listeners, so hopefully no one cares. <laughs> but I am going to try to make these a little more often, but um, it's just I get really busy, and then also I'm very lazy, so I don't actually get a whole lot of cosplay work done between episodes. Uh, hopefully that will get better in the future, but who knows. Anyway, today I have a very actually good, well, not well-researched, but like researched episode where I'm going to try to do a very small dive into petticoats and what they are and how they're made. And by how they're made, I mean very general construction explanations through podcasting. So please join me. So first I want to go through a little bit of history that I found because I kind of love history and I think history of fashion is very fascinating and seeing, especially with this, uh, petticoats, uh, if you weren't super aware, they are the underskirts that go under really, really big skirts to make them really big and make them really full. And while I was doing research, I came across petticoats and hoop skirts. And and uh, hoop skirts are basically the cage-looking skirts that go under everything to really just hoof it out. And that's to take a lot of weight off of your hips and your legs, that way it's not all fabric and all tulle or, or organza or whatever is under there um, making that shape. And then a petticoat goes over that to kind of hide the shape of the boning and the, and the cage and then the skirt goes over that. And uh, so the hoop skirt has a ton of shapes and materials used in different kinds, depending on the fashion of the era. Some umbrella types I found were farthingale, panniers, and crinoline. I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of what I'm saying correctly, and that's why I'm saying it silly on purpose. Um, I'm sorry. So farthingale, from what I could tell, is the earliest... Um, that Wikipedia had. <laughs> I did all of my research on Wikipedia and I'm not afraid to say it. Um, but farthingale was the earliest that I could find that Wikipedia was talking about. It's a Spanish word and type of hoop skirt popularized by Joan of Portugal, who was rumored to use this hoop skirt to cover up a couple illegitimate pregnancies. Ah! And Catherine of Aragon then brought the trend over to England after she married Prince Arthur of Wales in 1501. Farthingales were credited as a staple in Tudor fashion. So you can see why I freaking love history of fashion because half of fashion is literally just like this woman did it to cover up her indecencies but then other women thought it looked dope so they brought it over. <laughs> and I also kind of, I'm also like obsessed with like histories of monarchs and histories of leaders and stuff. I really love when they're just kind of like, yeah, this one woman just married this dude and brought a trend over. It's kind of like um, if you watch Game of Thrones and how a woman will come from a completely different part of the country and she's just wearing this like different shit and then all of a sudden like a bunch of ladies in waiting or a bunch of other like people around her all of a sudden are wearing similar fashion. I can't remember the character but the the Stark one who was ginger and just wore whatever everyone around her was wearing. Yeah, that's what that reminds me of. Panniers are also known as side hoops, so those are the type that gave that wide hip look to skirts. You see this a lot, I feel, in my opinion, in um, French court fashion. 
in popular culture when you see those really wide hips and like it's not f fully round it's it's literally just it, it breaks off at the hip and in the front and the back it's not as wide I always associate that with the French look and like French couture um, and I don't know if that's where it was mostly let's see they were worn in the 17th and 18th century, and while they were brought over from England, they were introduced into French court, where I know them from visually, like I was saying, um, during the last years of Louis XIV's reign. Also, this wiki article said that by the mid-18th century, a woman took up three times as much space as a man and always presented an imposing spectacle. Um, so that just sounds fucking dope as shit, and it just... it. The, a fucking hilarious thought to be like a dude enters a room yeah 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 it's a dude a woman enters a room oh shit she's the size of three dudes oh fuck <laughs> I just love the idea of women like having more imposing look about them through a huge skirt like I think that's so fucking funny and also cool and I just love fashion also the name comes from a word for wicker baskets so that's fun uh, crinoline, the wiki was too long and I didn't want to read it. Alright, <laughs> so back to the main event. Petticoats. Um, while hoop skirts have the boning and hard shape, the petticoats are squishy and give the skirt a full look and make it look even and magic. I love petticoats. Um, they're really fluffy and I love them. Sorry. <laughs> Originally they were worn with the open skirt and on gowns, uh, so they were meant to be seen like those Lolita dresses with the open side and frilly underskirt. Um, there used to be different types of petticoat in the 18th century in Europe and America was meant to be seen, while the under petticoat, also known as a dicky, what, who named this, was meant to be worn under a skirt. And uh, they used to have pockets, so that's pretty dope. Uh, they don't, aren't super popular in fashion today, so I can't say that they don't have pockets anymore, but... I don't have pockets anymore. <laughs> Some cute history moments I found on Wiki include, um, quote, the early feminist Mary Wallenscraft was famously disparaged by Horace Walpole as a hyena in petticoats, unquote. Uh, more flatteringly, Florentia uh, Sale was dubbed the Grenader in petticoats for traveling with her military husband, Sir Robert Henry Sale, around the British Empire. I don't know if that's supposed to be sale or if that's supposed to be like chalet or something, but uh, I don't know how to pronounce the names. The phrase petticoat government was referring, uh, has referred to women running the government or domestic affairs, so I fucking love that term, petticoat government. There's also slips, a tight-fitting dress made from a thin, stretchy fabric, not really popular in modern clothing anymore, but very necessary for wedding dresses. I did some research because I was like googling different kinds of different types of petticoats and different types of hoop skirts and a lot of what I was brought like what was brought up on Google was for wedding dresses because that's a very common thing for wedding dresses is uh, to buy petticoats and buy slips and buy uh, not necessarily hoop skirts unless you're going for that kind of look unless you're like in a in a um, TLC show <laughs> um, but a lot of wedding dresses are made to have a flare somewhere, like ballroom style or um, mermaid style or trumpet style. Um, so any skirt that's meant to have a flare, you're supposed to buy a slip with a built-in petticoat. Um, and that's just like what I got from most Google searches because that's the most 
common thing you can do today with petticoats. Um, but as I googled types of slips, because again, I was kind of curious as to slips as well, because I was thinking about how they serve a similar purpose in that they go under skirts and they're meant to um, help the skirt look better on you. They serve a different purpose in that they're not trying to like make the skirt bigger, they're just trying to make the skirt um, fall on your body in a more flattering way. So most of the slips I found for um, bridal stuff, I found this one uh, David's Bridal article talking about different types of slips and a lot of them had very structured tops with a built-in bras and boning and uh, the bottom was stretchy satin-like fabric with some kind of tulle or petticoat attached to allow the skirt to fall in its intended way for each kind of dress. Like I said, um, A-line, trumpet, mermaid, I don't really know if there's a difference between trumpet and mermaid but I'm saying both of them, uh, ballroom. A uh, usual slip is meant to keep fabric of the skirt from sticking to and between your legs when you walk and to eliminate VPL, or visible panty line, since for some reason skirts can't be made with fabric that is thick enough to cover panties. <sighs> Sorry, just modern women's fashion issue. Uh, I usually build slips into my petticoats to protect me from the itchy fabric, even though I also wear at least two kinds of shapewear. When I'm cosplaying, I um, never feel anything ever. Oh, back to cosplay! In in fact, uh, I'm done talking about the history, but that's upsetting because I think history is really fun. Uh, anyway, the history portion is done, and back to cosplay. <laughs> uh, tutus, petticoats, and underskirts for costumes or wedding gowns are everywhere on the internet. Amazon has them, Party City has them, and I'm positive any local wedding gown store or costume shop will have some available for rent or sale. They came in tons of shapes and lengths, so usually any need you have uh, can be met or uh, research how it's supposed to look to give the desired effect uh, the skirt or garment on top. To make them, there are a ton of ways and materials and tutorials and resources and on and on and on. Whenever I make them, I usually try to make one for a short skirt, so I have a slip built in to make it comfortable for my legs and one or two layers or two or three sections of tulle. I've only made two in my past. <laughs> um, I hope to make a lot more because I really like the look of big fluffy skirts and I love structured uh, silhouettes and stuff. But I've only made two and they're pretty similar in shape. Just one is longer and kind of flatter, more for an A-line shape, and the other one is meant for a more poofy skirt. Uh, so I've just made like two basically very similar petticoats, but like slightly different. Other fabric you can make petticoats out of include organza, plain netting I found on the internet. Some people just refer to it as netting and I don't know if that's the type of fabric it is or if you can buy just a netting. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, chiffon. I've heard of a fancy shiny fabric called lame fabric. And more! Question mark. <laughs> Other fabric, um, sorry, it's worth noting for all these fabrics, uh, there are subtypes within them. Like the tool I usually use is kind of stiff and large netting since its intended purpose is decoration and not clothing. Also organza can come in a tons of thickness and shininess. So like usually you can find something for your purpose. Organza, not, not all organza is the same basically and you can usually find something that fits your style or your need. Other skirt shaped things that aren't petticoats but just fun to keep in mind for cosplay Horse hair braid sewn into a skirt hem can make those exaggerated like clamp skirt edges that are very round and curvy and perfect. Um, I've never used horse hair braid but I'm aware of it and I'm very excited to make something with horse hair braid. Um, if I ever, 
I'm going to eventually because I think that kind of skirt is really cute and so obviously I'm going to make myself make something like that but um, horsehair braid is what gives that really cool even wavy effect all around the edge of the skirt. It's, it makes it very even. For hoop skirts, the thing that makes the hoops is a material called boning. The most frequently used types of boning are spiral steel, flat spring steel, ridgeline, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and plastic boning. There are also some specialty types such as lacing bones and hoop boning, um, most probably used for hoop skirts. In a really helpful McCall's article about boning, it mentions that it can be used in unexpected ways for other purposes than hoop skirts um, or corsets. Uh, it can be used to help seams lie flat against the body. Um, in the article, someone said that in their summoner Yuna cosplay, they placed four lengths of spiral steel boning at the back, at the center back waist of her obi, and that was necessary to support the weight of the knot and prevent the obi from folding and sagging. Quote. Um, and I might cover boning itself and uses more in a future episode since I hope to get some experience using some before the year is up, but uh, for now I have nothing I can say about it and I really wanted to keep this more to petticoats and less to hoop skirts. Uh, but this was my mini lecture, mini, mini dive! It's not really a deep dive, it's more of a like, I splish splashed around on the surface of the water. Um, but yeah, I actually had a purpose in what I was saying this time, and I have a Google spreadsheet, which you can probably tell, because um, I hope I didn't sound too robotic, but I was reading a lot from a script, which I should be. Anyway, this is podcast. <laughs> anyway, on to my cosplay diary, which will be very short. Yay. <laughs> Alright, hey, we're back. Um, and by back, I mean I listen to, you listen to, we all listen to a small musical interlude between these sections, just to break them up. Uh, so this week's Cosplay Diary, God, I keep saying week as if I'm going to make these weekly. Um, with this episode's Cosplay Diary, I don't have a whole lot <laughs> to say. I'm pretty much finished with the clothing of Lulu and Ginkgo. I need to add a couple more buttons because I bought some buttons but it wasn't enough because I changed um, the placing of the buttons. They're different than um, what they look like in the anime because we're real people and we're bigger. <laughs> and um, we have not made the paws or the ears or the tails yet. Those are going to be made soon probably. And I don't have wigs to style, so that will happen eventually. Um, so we've tried on the outfits and they look really cute. Um, obviously it's not a full cause test because they don't have a wig or makeup, but um, we've definitely put some stuff on and they fit. So basically I'm pretty much done with the clothes. I can't remember anything that I said last time that wasn't done already. Like I can't think of anything I've done since last episode. But I am getting started on my Charlotte cosplay, Charlotte from Madoka Magica. And if you haven't seen it, I won't tell you who Charlotte is, but if you have seen it, uh, she's in episode three. So, <laughs> um, I think in the movie, she like is kind of repurposed into the character Bibi. Um, but I'm using a pattern actually. Think the sweet cosplay lords. Um, 
a pattern from Cut Sew, which is an indie pattern company. They make a bunch of fashion patterns, a couple cosplay patterns. Um, they make a, I don't know if it's officially licensed because they can use the character name, but they definitely probably have an agreement with the Adventure Zone, but they have a taco from the Adventure Zone cosplay um, pattern. They have a couple Seifuku, not a couple, but they have a Seifuku pattern um, for people that just want to do literally any Seifuku cosplay because <laughs> God knows you could just use one pattern for a bunch. Um, they have, I think, uh, the, the training suit from My Hero Academia. They have Sylveon cosplay. They have this. They have, um, this is called Sugar Witch, by the way. It's number 12. It's uh, Cut So number 12 Sugar Witch. So yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, they seem like a really great company. I bought two patterns from them. I bought one fashion pattern. I bought this. And so I thought this would be a great thing to, to work on after Lulu can go because, like, I just really need instructions and someone to tell me what to do and not have to fix it out on my own. Um, because I don't know how to cosplay. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. I cut out the pattern pieces last night and that took forever, so I'm excited to make a mock-up uh, today and hopefully get... I'm, I'm not going to finish the mock-up today because I'm not that fast at sewing or making things, but hey, it's Friday. Honestly, I could stay up all night and finish if I wanted, but I never do. Um, I always run out of motivation as soon as I'm tired. Um, but yeah, hopefully my next cosplay diary will basically be me talking about a finished Charlotte cosplay and maybe a review of the pattern. I assume it's going to be great because the pattern pieces look very like easy to use and easy to follow, and um, so I'm very excited about it. So yeah, uh, I'm sorry this cosplay diary section was short. I'm sure no one else is sorry. Uh, I didn't really have much to say. Bada bing, bada boom, that's where it was, that's where it is, that's what's happening. So, yeah. See you next time. Uh, bye bye